Welcome into the Scout and the Sports page. I'm the host, Paige Demacos, here with my co-host, Gary Horton. And we're going to kick things off this week. We got our 10 observations from week five. But there is a very, very important, very dear to my heart football game that is happening on Monday night. So we're going to start off with a little preview into what's going to happen tonight. And that is Mitch Trubisky is making his debut as the Bears starting quarterback. And it looks like Sam Bradford is going to be back for the Minnesota Vikings Monday night football in Chicago. Always good stuff. So Gary, first and foremost, What are you expecting tonight from these two teams? Because Minnesota is in that elite category of defense, but the Bears are in a spot where they could no longer watch Mike Glennon struggle and keep the rookie back there. So I I, I think it was the right time to move to him, and he had 10 days to prepare after a Thursday night football loss to the Packers. So what are you expecting to see tonight from from the young rookie? Well, Paige, I think, first of all, Minnesota, obviously getting Bradford back is huge because – they're still in a playoff race, and they're in a little bit of a desperation mode. The Bears aren't. They're not going anywhere. Uh, I think the coaching staff for Chicago probably would have liked to have waited for Trubisky, uh, bring him along slowly. You know, that, that's the old adage that we've talked about for years. When you're a rookie, is it better to play and learn on the job and take your hits, or is it better to hold the clipboard and kind of observe. Uh, I, I heard Peyton Manning over the weekend thanking Jim Mora for letting him play all 16 games when he's a, he was a rookie, even though they were awful. You know, Mora just let him play through that. So I think in the Bears' case, they had to make the change because Glennon wasn't going to get it done. It was a passing game that threatened nobody. Trubisky has the big arm. Uh, you know, he's mobile. He can get outside the pocket. Pocket. I think there's a chance for more big plays, but my fear, Paige, he has a bad supporting cast. Now he has a, a possible run game if Howard and Cohen get it going, but his outside passing weapons are horrible. And so are you throwing a young guy into a tough situation versus a great defense when he has not enough weapons around him? I just think that's something you got to keep in mind. But I think it's the right move, and it's the only move they can make because – this fan base wasn't going to put up with Mike Glennon much longer. No, you, it was it was to the point where it just was unwatchable, and they couldn't they couldn't put him out there anymore with Mitch Trubisky, who who shined in the in the preseason, and we know it's just the preseason, but the tools are obviously there, and they know they know that he was the guy that this, this team obviously foresees for the future, and this offensive line is pretty good, and and they've they've done their job, and so I think they hopefully make the offense a little simpler. They try and establish the run game. They try and go to the check down. They have a couple of good tight ends. Maybe Marcus Wheaton and some of these guys can make just enough plays, but they play different at home. I mean, they beat Pittsburgh at home, and they should have beaten the Atlanta Falcons at home. So I think this is this is just the right time to put him in there. My expectations are none, so... <laughs> That's that's where I'm starting. I, I'm just I'm not gonna overreact because I'm just gonna walk in with with no expectations. And then if he uh, if he shows something anything really, I, I will be very happy as a as a longtime Chicagoan born and raised. Sure, and at least you have a fan base that has something to be excited about. Exactly. It may not last long, but uh, they've wanted this move for a long time, and uh, hopefully it works out. Yeah. You know, I love the 
the Bears. It's a great organization. I want John Fox to be successful. So maybe this is a start. Maybe we'll get some Deshaun Watson-type production. I don't think so, but maybe we will. Yeah, who knows? And when you have rookies like you have what Deshaun Watson's doing right now, it's hard to keep the fan base off because they're like, look, look what's happening over in Houston. So it's it's definitely one of those things that I knew the switch was coming and, and they gave him 10 days to prepare. So we'll see. We'll see what happens. I anticipate the Minnesota Vikings are going to have uh, have their way with Chicago tonight, but I do think it's going to be a close game just because Chicago plays better at home, that turf that everyone struggles with uh, who's not named the Chicago Bears. So I think it'll be a close game, but I do think Minnesota wins, especially since Sam Bradford is going to be back. But let's start off with our, our – right. Let's start off with our observations uh, from this weekend. And there was a lot there, – there's a lot to talk about here, but let's kick things off with the Patriots from last week's Thursday night football game. They've, do they finally know who they are? Because I think they've identified that their defense is not good enough. It's not championship-caliber defense. But they did something schematically differently in this game against a pretty good offense with Jameis Winston and all those pieces, and, and they looked better overall as a defense. They did have their moments, but it was a much better performance on the road against that team than we had seen before, Gary. Yeah, and I think, Paige, in the first couple of weeks – they were really enamored with their secondary depth. They thought they had a, uh, you know, a lot of versatility, a lot of guys that could pay, play man coverages. So that's what they did early on. They played a lot of man schemes. They were very aggressive. But what offenses did against them, they played a bunch, a lot of bunch formations. They would run crossing routes and pick plays to get separation, and also the Patriots had a lot of communication problems where guys weren't picking up, uh, you know, the receivers coming across the formation. And we just don't see that from a Belichick uh, defense. So what they did versus Tampa Bay, they went to more zone coverages. They would sit back. They took away Jameis Winston, his deep ball, which he loves to throw to to Deshaun Jackson and, and Mike Evans. And it seemed like they cut down on their middle mistakes. It's not pretty to watch. You know, it's a bend but don't break between the 20s, tighten up in the uh, red zone and force them to throw underneath and tackle. But I think that's what we will see from this defense the rest of the way, that, that they've now figured out, hey, this is who we are. And then offensively, I think we have an adjustment also. Tom Brady, in my opinion, is kind of enamored Again, with the idea of those Brandon Cooks deep passes that he was so good, you know, to Randy Moss years ago. But the problem is his offensive line is not holding up very well in those seven-step drops and time that it takes to get those passes out. He was hit a lot last week, and so I think they'll get back to more three- and five-step drops for Brady, get the ball out quick, protect your offensive line, and depend on yards after the catch. So I think we saw in that one game adjustments on both sides of the ball that I think will serve them well uh, from here on out. Absolutely, Gary. But the, when I look at this team, and maybe it's because when we'll get into the Kansas City Chiefs later on, this just isn't the – I know they won, but it wasn't pretty, and I just don't think they're all as talented as – and I think the biggest thing you brought up, not even defensively, it's that that offensive line is not as strong as it's been in previous years with Tom Brady, and he was getting some – he was taking some pretty pretty good lickings on that Thursday night football game. So I think I'll, I'll be interested to watch this team going forward. And, and I always trust Bill Belichick and Tom Brady. But I do think that this team was a little overhyped 
going into this season. I just don't think yeah. I don't think overall they have what they have had in the past, and that makes this team a lot less threatening than they have been previously. Oh yeah, you're absolutely right, Paige. And I don't care how good a shape Tom Brady's in. I don't care what his off-season regimen is. He's got 40 years old. Absolutely. He can't take this many hits and get through an entire season. And I think, you know, the coaching staff has to look at this and say, hey, we've got to nip this in the bud and and keep this guy upright because he can't go through all this. No, absolutely not. For for the next two months. No way. It doesn't matter if you're eating all organic food and not drinking caffeine. Uh, It doesn't matter. (laughs) Your muscles muscles are still your muscles and your bones are still 40-year-old bones. So, sorry, Tom, it doesn't matter what you're eating. You're still taking some (laughs) some serious hits, Uh, and and he's 40, like we said. The next observation here, Gary, the Jacksonville Jaguars go on the road to Pittsburgh. Um, Pittsburgh going into this game over the last three seasons, from a fantasy perspective, Big Ben averages seven more total fantasy points at home. They average a touchdown more at home, which is why you see that seven total points. They're traditionally a much, much better team at home, and Pittsburgh had just come off a road victory against the Baltimore Ravens, who always play tough. So this was kind of, we kind of thought, okay, Le'Veon Bell had a better game. This offense is going to get rolling. His team is going to look much better. Big Ben threw five interceptions at home, and I'm just wondering overall. I, I know that this is this observation we're going to talk about Jacksonville, but is this does this game say more about Jacksonville? Is that your takeaway? Did you think more this has to do with how good Jacksonville's defense is, and less about Ben Roethlisberger? Or is it a combination of both? Well, I, I, I think it shows us what Jacksonville is capable of when they're playing exactly the way that they desire to play. You know, in this game, they did it exactly the right way. You know, their pass defense is elite. They're the number one pass defense in the NFL. And it's basically due to the fact that they have two great corners who can tie you up in man-to-man aggressive coverages. And that allows you to blitz, allows you a lot of versatility in some of the other things you do. And they basically took away the Pittsburgh pass offense. Now, Antonio Brown's still going to get his catches all the time. I don't understand, although they played better in run defense, you know, versus Le'Veon Bell, they still have not been a good run defense team the entire season, but that looked better. And when you put both of these things together, they can be an elite defense. And offensively, or one other thing, Paige, they formed, forced 15 turnovers in five games. That's two more than they did the entire 2016 season so not only is this an aggressive defense they're opportunistic now on offense they clearly know what they're you know what they need to do get to be successful you know feed Leonard Fournette don't Blake make Blake Bortles have to win the game be pr- productive on early downs so you can be in third and short and if you do that you're going to wear down the opposing defense you're also going to keep your own defense fresh but you have because you have a lot of multi-play drives together, and you're going to be a hard football team to beat. I think they've known what their identity is for a long time. We just don't see it week to week, but uh, they did it versus Pittsburgh, and I think it also proved to us you know, that Pittsburgh certainly has their issues, and I don't know that, they're going to, that, that those issues will go away. 
No, I don't think I don't think that those issues are going to go away. And we'll just get right into this third observation here. Does Pittsburgh have a clue who they are? I love that you wrote that out because it, I think this team over the last you know decade or so with Big Ben has always had this traditionally firepower offense. And going into this season, we thought Antonio Brown, Martavis Bryant, Juju Smith-Schuster, Le'Veon Bell, Big Ben for a whole season, and you're going, you're licking your chops, saying, "Oh my God, this offense is going to be not great, unbelievable." And is it? When you're looking at this, is it they just don't know who they are, or is it that Big Ben is getting older and he talked about retirement in the offseason? And I I talked to somebody within the NFL because it's happening here in Arizona as well. Once you start talking about retirement, you kind of check out a little bit. And I had a conversation with somebody and they told me that, and I said, wow, that's a very interesting point. And it brought up Ben Roethlisberger's name, and he just doesn't look the same. I mean, like we said, five interceptions in a game at home, that just doesn't happen traditionally for him. No, it doesn't. And I think, as you said, when we went into the season, we said, wow, this offense can beat you and in, in, in make them play any game they want to play. They can be physical, punch you in the mouth with Bell, they can spread you out and go to a multi-wide receiver uh, passing game. But the problem is they don't have anything right now to hang their hat on. You know, if, if the passing game is off and if Big Ben is in a little bit of a funk, they used to be able to go to the running game and, and kind of bail them out. But the problem is that one week you see their offensive line come off the ball and dominate and Bell looks good, and then the next week they get pushed around. And that's what Jacksonville did to them. Their defense isn't elite. They're okay, but they're not great. So they almost need to play a clean game on offense and not turn the ball over to have success. And right now they're, they're not getting that done. And, and Paige, as I evaluate this offense, as hard as it is to say, it looks to me like we're looking at a quarterback who's declining and with one skill player they can count on and now they've got to go to Kansas City this week. This is not a good situation for Pittsburgh, in my opinion. No, I don't think it is either. I, I couldn't agree with you more. When you watch the last few weeks, this is not – got to believe the trends, and the trend is that Ben Roethlisberger is trending down, and he just looks old and he looks tired, and it just doesn't look like the same Big Ben that we've seen in previous years. And I, I don't know what to think about this team because they're going on the road to play Kansas City, like you said – and Kansas City looks like the most complete team in the NFL, and I just don't think – I think it could be a very, very ugly game on their own at Arrowhead Stadium. I don't foresee them them getting getting it going offensively like we thought they would. Now another well, team – Well, and the, the, only, the only chance they have is if they can revive their run game. Yep. Because I, I look at that run game and I say there's no excuse. This offensive line is really good. Bell is really good. You know, but it should be better than it has. And, and if the run game can become, you know, really, really good and they can feed off of that, then it takes a little pressure off the passing game. So for sure. I agree with you. For sure. But if you're throwing five picks, it doesn't matter how you run for 300 yards. If you're throwing five interceptions, good God almighty, you're not going to be doing much for, for football. You just can't turn the ball no, over you're like right. that. Uh, it, the next one hits close to home. This one that you're talking about, Arizona. 
And the question here is, is the run of winning football over here in Arizona? And going into the season, we know they're the oldest roster in the NFL. We know they have an aging Carson Palmer as quarterback. Um, And they've talked about this window, you know, the Super Bowl window. It started, you know, in the 2014 season. They were having a – they started off 9-1. and Carson Palmer gets hurt. They bring in Drew Stanton. Drew Stanton gets hurt. I think that was their most complete team, honestly. And they go 13-3 in 2015, and they lose – in the NFC Championship game in an awful game to the Carolina Panthers. And last year they came back with high expectations and big disappointment. This year, my question mark going into the season with the Cardinals was, is Carson Palmer going to be able to stay healthy with this offensive line? And I'm very quickly learning that this offensive line, going into the season I had that question mark, and now they've sustained, I mean, an unbelievable bad luck with injuries with their offensive line. And I just – when losing David Johnson, they can't establish a run game. Carson Palmer is on on pace to set the record for throwing the football for as many as many throws as he's going to make because they just they can't establish a run game and and I think unfortunately for them the Bruce Arians era of winning football here is is coming to a close. Well, and, and you know, 10 hits versus Philadelphia Again, Carson Palmer is an aging quarterback. He can't take that many hits. No. But I think part of it, Paige, is due to the scheme and the philosophy. Bruce Arians for years, and I love to watch him coach, but he's all about the deep ball. And you know his his favorite saying is no risk it, no biscuit philosophy, and that means a lot of spread sets, deep passes. He's got speed outside. The problem with that philosophy is, you only have five-man protections. You don't have guys, you know, picking up the blitz. You're not allowed to double-team. And if those five guys up front can't slow you down, you have no chance. And with no running game, Carson Palmer is just a, a sitting duck in the pocket, and they just rarely go to max pro schemes, uh, you know, to give him more protection. And I think their dilemma page is, okay, Let's say we're we're taking too many hits with the seven-step drops, so let's go to three- and five-step drops, ball-out quick passes. Now Palmer doesn't get hit as much, but the defense still knows you don't have a run game, so all they do is load up versus a short passing game. They force you to go ten-play drives, you know, to score, and I just don't know that Arizona can put enough of those multi-play drives together to stay in a football game, and they become, I believe, a very easy offense to defend. So I think it's a real dilemma. Do I take a chance on splash plays and get my quarterback hit, or do I go to safe, you know, short plays that don't intimidate anybody? Yeah, I I think the dilemma here goes beyond that, even that their defense isn't as good as they thought it was going to be, and I think they thought that that defense could carry them through kind of the David Johnson list offense that they're going forward but I think you're seeing the not having David Johnson he was part of 83 percent of their offensive snaps last season it's just you can't replace somebody like David Johnson you just can't and 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 rushing and receiving people forget about what a dump off and a check down you know safe pass he was for Carson Palmer he doesn't have that now for sure he was on pace to set the 1,000 yard rushing 1,000 yard receiving record last year I mean he if he hadn't gotten injured he would have set that record I mean he he would have had a thousand and a thousand so I think when you're talking about this team without David Johnson they just 
I knew it was going to be a problem, and with all the offensive line injuries, it's just it's going to continue to be a problem. And I I don't see uh, I don't see this team bouncing back, unfortunately for them, uh, which I would love to see it happen. I just don't see it happening. Uh, the next team we're going to talk about. The Carolina Panthers, a team that was start of the season kind of wishy-washy, I would say, would be the best way to describe their football. They won some games, but not in very convincing fashion. But this game, they go on. The, last week, they went on the road to New England, got a victory. This week, they go on the road to beat the Detroit Lions, who's been one of those consistent football teams that's looked very, very good. Now, at the end of the football game, they almost gave it away, and Detroit almost came back, but that's Matthew Stafford's game. He turns it on (laughs) in the fourth quarter, it seems like, over the last three seasons. Do you think, is Cam Newton, is this a trend now? Is this team back on track to kind of not last season, but the year before when they went to the Super Bowl? Is, Is Cam getting back healthy to that level where they can compete at an elite level and be one of the best teams in the NFC? Well, the Cam Newton that I've seen the last two weeks would certainly, uh, I, I think that is the case. You know, he's now getting his deep ball back. Uh, he, we know he loves to throw the deep pass. He hasn't done it much since he's been without uh, uh, Greg Olson. But all of a sudden, the backup tight end, Ed Dixon, you know, he steps in uh, yesterday, gives them huge plays, some of those seam routes that he loves. And Cam hasn't been very good on the short passes. That's just not been his game. He's not very accurate, but he's getting better there. And I think they're taking care of the football. Their play calling is creative. And, Paige, when you look at their offense, they have a lot of weapons. I mean, you know, they've got Dixon when, when Olsen gets back. You know, you've got Stewart. You've got Benjamin and Funches at wide receiver. You've got McCaffrey. So they have a lot of ways that they can attack you, and they seem to be more creative in their play calling. But the biggest improvement I see is this coaching staff, at least the way the way I'm looking at it, seems to be comfortable with Cam running more and using his feet. We saw a brilliant touchdown by McCaffrey off a zone read option. Uh, Cam, you know, had a couple of quarterback draw plays, and when they – include him as a runner, it puts so much more pressure on a defense because really from a defensive standpoint, you've got to consider him a a running back when he's willing to run, and that makes you load up in the box. That gives him better matchups outside. So if that's a trend that we're going to let Cam loose and let him start running the ball, then I think this offense is going to be really, really good. I agree. I, I think this this team overall is going to be – looks like they're clicking on all cylinders again. And when you have Luke Keekley back there in their defense and they still have some of these elite-level players, uh, I think this is going to be a pretty good football team again now that Cam looks to be getting back to, to being healthy and being 100%. But we're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we'll get into the New York Giants and them being a very, very, very poor football team. All right, we're back. It's Paige Demakos, Gary Horton. We're getting into our last five observations from week five around the NFL. And this one is about the New York football giants. And my, oh, my, what a disappointment this season has been. Not only are they a bad football team, but they just don't look confident at all. They're playing, they've had some injuries, and now Odell Beckham Jr. goes down. I mean, they lost pretty much every wide receiver during that game. It it was very tough to watch, very emotional for Odell Beckham Jr. as he leaves the field. And without these guys, without Odell Beckham Jr., without these wide receivers, 
this team is just an atrocious football team now going forward. No, and Paige, even their own players have made the statements that we don't strike fear into the opposition now. We don't intimidate anybody. I don't think they're playing with any swagger, and it's easy. The, the, the things that their deficiencies are, are are easy to point out. I mean, they ran the ball well versus a bad Chargers run defense on Sunday. But I, in my opinion, that's a one-game, uh, you know, weird situation that won't happen on a weekly basis. Their offensive line is a mess. Their passing game now is even a bigger mess without old Dell Beckham Jr. because to this point they'd been basically slant pass to Odell Beckham Jr., let him make big plays after the catch. Now they don't have that. Eli looks uncomfortable. You know, they, they just there's no flash to their offense. There's no continuity. The play calling, and I hate to criticize play calling because these are all smart coaches, but there just doesn't look to be any creativity. It doesn't look like a, a tough offense to defend. And I think it's now trickled down to, to their defense. Uh, their defense is not making the big plays and taking over a game, you know, when they need to. And they're just, you know, there's just something missing here. I don't think they can fix it. These were all problems that they should have known before the season. They didn't address them, and I think they're paying for them now. And uh, I'm afraid it's going to be a long, long year. No, I'm I'm with you. And, and now with the sustained injuries in that football game, it just looks like this is going to be a really ugly year for Eli Manning and the New York Giants. The next observation here, the Seahawks and the Rams play a really close game. The Rams, for the first time, are shut down defensively, uh, not scoring 35 points like they've been averaging in every other game. And I think you bring up the good point here in in your observations here is that these teams are both going to be counting on these defenses to to win them some football games because although we've seen you know and a very very good Jared Goff offense with Todd Gurley and their pieces and Russell Wilson is Russell Wilson they're going to need their defenses they're going to need the Aaron Donalds in for the LA Rams and the Richard Shermans and Alec Ogletree and some of these guys they're going to need these guys to step up and be you know, not necessarily elite defenses all the time, but good enough that they can make plays and keep them in football games and win them football games in this case. No, and I think you're right. I, I think we will see flashes of great offensive play from time to time, but we won't see it every week. Uh, I think the Rams are certainly a team that's going to get better and better on offense, but these are really good defense. They're well-coached. They have well-defined schemes. And I thought the Legion of Boom took over this game yesterday. They did a great job uh, against Todd Gurley. Not only did they play with good gap discipline, but they really set the edges and didn't let Gurley get outside, something that he has done the last couple of weeks. Five takeaways, and I think the biggest thing is they were good on early downs, which forced Goff into a lot of third and long situations. And that is, becomes very predictable where you know that the Rams uh, are going to pass. But on the other side, uh, Paige, the Rams' defense was good. Uh, they produced six sacks from their front four, 11 Russell Wilson hits, which continues to be a problem. Uh, and because of it, he was not able to look for his deep ball. Uh, he couldn't exploit man-to-man coverage that the Rams like to play. And with no Seattle run game, 
the Rams could tee off in a pass rush mode. So I think what we saw yesterday is probably what we'll see all year. Uh, some good offensive days, but consistent defensive days are going to be, be the key to their success. But I think that both teams are for real, and I was very entertained by this game. And, and the Rams could have easily, even though they didn't play their A game, they could have won it at the end. They were right there. Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, it was a very, it was a very good football football game, and I think these two teams are going to compete in this division. I think they've separated now themselves. The Cardinals just look like they have too many issues, and the Niners are just not a good enough football team. Definitely in transition with a new coach and new new up and coming. They're going to try and find their quarterback in the off season. But I think these two teams are going to be really fun to watch in the future. If if especially Seattle, if they can get some things figured out with their offensive line and. Like we've discussed, they had their offensive line is not very good, but they they do always struggle kind of out of the gate and then turn it around in about October for whatever reason they just don't like playing in September. So <laughs> no, you're you're right. Let, let me throw one other thing. I read this morning page. It's interesting. I don't know that it means anything. Okay. But the Rams now go on the road. I think they go to Jacksonville this week, and then they go to London the next week, and then I think they come home for a bye, and then they go away the next week. I don't think they're playing at home in the Coliseum again until about the middle uh, of November. So it's a, a, a weird scheduling quirk. It'll be interesting to see how this young team does on the road because I thought their home field advantage in the Coliseum w- was a real positive thing yesterday, and now they're not going to have that for a while. I, I think L.A., as much as they may not like the Chargers, I think they're kind of enthralled with this young Rams team. Yep, no, they are. They're they're enthralled with winning because that's how the LA fi- yeah. that's how the LA market is. You win and they'll love you. If you don't win, they're gonna turn on you really quickly. Uh, the right. eighth observation here: How lucky are we? I sat up sitting on my couch, sitting next to my boyfriend, watching this football game, and we're both just like I think at certain points, both of us had our jaws just completely wide open because you're watching Aaron Rodgers. It just and his unbelievable, uncanny ability to just take a team, and it doesn't matter, Jordy Nelson wasn't on a single play in their last drive, and just force the ball down the field, makes a play with his legs where he runs about, thir- you know, I think it was about 13-yard pickup for first down, and he just, these, this throw he puts right on the money to win the football game with, what, the 16 seconds left against Dallas after Dallas had just taken the ball all the way down the field, his mentality and what he does is just unbelievable to watch. And that pains me to say as a Chicagoan, but it's just, it's beautiful to watch him play football. And I, I just, how lucky are we that we're getting to watch, you know, the Tom Brady's of the world. And now this, you know, this, this Aaron Rodgers prime time every week, he's just doing something where you're just saying, oh my God, he's the best player in football. No, he is. And, and didn't all of us, think when he got the ball back with one minute and two seconds left that's too much time on the clock oh yeah i have to i have to go back to the old days in 1987 i was with the cleveland browns and i remember we're playing the denver broncos same situation about a minute and a half left denver gets the ball back and i turned to all my other scouts and i said we're in big trouble (laughs) you know john elway has a minute and a half 80 yards to go you know, this is way, way too much time. And that's what I thought when Rodgers had it. I said, Green Bay is going to wind up winning this game. But the, the thing that you look at 
he should have been tackled on that 18-yard scramble. It just was toughness for him to get out of the grasp of the defender. You know, uh, the back shoulder throw to Devontae Adams was a thing of beauty. I don't think the average fan, it looks like, oh, geez, maybe that was a little inaccurate, and Adams made a great catch. But this is something they practice all the time, the back shoulder throw. He and Jordy Nelson are the best duo in the NFL at the back shoulder throw. But he does so many other things that you really love when you break down the, uh, the field. He, and we talked about it before, Paige. He ma- maneuvers defenders with his eyes. He'll get you out of the hole that he wants to throw to by looking away. Uh, you know, he uses the pump fake to force the defender to bite. Uh, you know, nobody in the league comes close to his ability to go with a hard count, pull a defense off sides, and then have a free play. I and mean, how many free plays has he made a big play because he forced the defense off sides with his cadence? So everybody thinks, oh, these are just little things. But they're things that, that they practice. And I don't know that we've ever seen a quarterback do little things that don't show up, you know, on the stat sheet, but really help his team win. And, and, and to me, that's just a, a thing of, of beauty that there's – there's a reason behind every good thing that he does. Oh yeah, for sure. He's just he's unbelievable to watch play and I love watching greatness and he is great. He's the best quarterback in the league. I don't think there's a question about it and it doesn't matter who's out there with him or how much time he has. You know that Dallas was scared when they when Dak went in and scored that touchdown and there was that much time left cuz number 12 had his helmet on the entire Dallas Cowboys drive and was ready to go. <laughs> he was sitting over there licking his chops and it reminded me of certain moments where I used to watch Peyton Manning in a regular season game and he was almost hoping that his defense gave up the touchdown so he could have that opportunity to go out there and put on a clinic. And it's just it's unbelievable and very very fun to watch. The last two observations here, Sunday Night Football, we got to watch in a phenomenal performance by Alex Smith and the Kansas City Chiefs. I, I think that this is the most complete team in the NFL. And Deshaun Watson having himself a very, very nice night. I think as a rookie, he's completely showing that he can he can step up in big moments, especially against a very, very talented Kansas City Chiefs defense. And they did lose J.J. Watt very early on in that game, and I'm very I'm devastated for him because he's such a good a good person on top of being an unbelievable football player. But let's stick with, did we watch, I love this question, did we see the league MVP and the rookie of the year last night on Sunday Night Football? Well, I know it's early. I know everybody loves to throw this stuff around. I think the rookie of the year, absolutely we saw him. And I think if you were voting today, which we're not, how do you vote against Alex Smith? I mean, this guy is running the best offense in, in the NFL. It's the most creative offense. He's a different quarterback than we've ever seen. Completing 78% of his passes, he can do it from the pocket. He can do it from outside the pocket. Now he's all of a sudden throwing deep passes, which we never saw him throw before. Uh, he's getting the ball to all of his weapons. He's seeing the entire defense at the line of scrimmage, and Paige, through five games, he has not thrown an interception. How's that for taking care of your offense? Then you look across and you say, okay, Watson, well, he's a rookie, and he looked like a rookie in the first half, and then all of a sudden in the second half, same thing, making plays in the pocket, out of the pocket, his eyes downfield, 
looking for his deep throws. His speed and mobility, always an option to tuck the ball and run. He's starting to see the entire defense. Here's a rookie, 14 touchdown passes in five games. You know, I, I just, I'm amazed at the level of quarterback play we saw. As you mentioned, you know, Kansas City is complete. They're going to be here all season. I think Houston probably has to look and say, you know what, we've got a lot to build around on offense, but without Watson, without Mercilis for the entire season, this pass rush is not what it was. This defense won't be what it is. And so I don't know that Watson's good enough to carry them as far as they want to go. But I think if you're a Houston fan, you're very optimistic for the future and where this franchise is going. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. I think you, you it's it's very fun to watch the rookie. I tweeted about it last night. I go, I'm I, I'm almost rooting for him. I don't care about either of those teams, the Chiefs or the or the Texans, but I find myself rooting for Deshaun Watson because he's just a likable kid. He reminds me of Marcus Mariota when Mariota came out. I just always gravitated towards their personalities and the way that they held and carried themselves. And I'm just excited for him that he's been able to take on a very tough role when he wasn't supposed to be the guy this early on. They, they thought they were going to have Tom Savage, and it's uh, they showed a couple of moments on the sidelines between Tom Savage and Deshaun Watson. And Tom Savage looked about as excited as, as Deshaun Watson did. So I thought that was, I was pretty cool to see uh, that interaction between the two of them. Yeah, and Watson also loves his mom. And I like any quarterback that loves his mom. Yeah. So I, that's a positive thing, too. You always uh, – my grandmother has a great saying. You can find out how a man is going to treat you by how they treat their mother. So that's that's always a good a right. good saying you live by because uh, Deshaun and, Watson and looks believe, like a good kid. I believe she's a cancer survivor. And she I think is. she was on the field before the game, and they had a couple of nice moments. I, I, I think I'm right in that. Yep, it's, uh, yep, October, October is Breast Cancer, breast cancer Awareness right. Month, so I think it was, it was pretty cool to see those moments between, between mom and son, and uh, obviously nobody prouder than, than her watching her son play football. But let's talk about the bad here, because we talked about the good, and we got to talk about the bad quarterback play. When we're looking at some of, you know, we see Alex Smith and we see Deshaun Watson – but then we talk about guys like Jay Cutler, and we've seen some of these Case Keenum. We've seen Marcus Mariota, EJ Manuel, Jacoby Brissett, because Derek Carr's out, Andrew Luck's out. Um, Deshaun Kaiser gets benched halfway through that football game. There's been a lot of Ben Roethlisberger we talked about earlier. There's been a lot of up and down quarterback play, and some some veteran guys who've been who's been who've been you know Roethlisberger's name comes to mind who've been pretty shaky thus far as and we've, we're five weeks in. Yeah, there's there, no question. And and this was I, I I hate to call it a rant, but as I looked at my notes last night after all the games, that kept coming back to me that for all the great play we see, and and we've got good young quarterbacks coming into the league. Some are terrific. Some are, you know, still works in progress. We still have solid quarterback play for a lot of teams. But there's also a good percentage of teams that the play is awful. And I I broke a page into three categories, up and down starting quarterbacks. You know, you mentioned Jay Cutler. To me, he looks like the same guy that we looked at Chicago for a lot of years, there's no flash to this offense. I just don't see it. I don't know how they're going to get a lot better. Uh, you know, Blake Bortles, yeah, they're winning in Jacksonville, but it's not because of him. It's because their defense and run game, and if they can keep the ball out of his hands, they have a chance, uh, you know, to be pretty good. And then 
four starting court veteran quarterbacks that I'm really concerned about, Philip Rivers, Eli Manning, Carson Palmer, Ben Roethlisberger. These guys, to me, all of a sudden look like maybe they're actually in the twilight of their careers. I hate to say that because I love their play, but it looks to me like they're starting to fade, and maybe this is just a time where we don't get overly you know, critical, but just enjoy watching them play for however long it is, whether it's this year, one more year. But I think it, it, it showed me that we're ready for a changing of the guard in the NFL, and it's not going to be easy to deal with because we've been used to these guys for so long. But we've got four teams here they are going to have to make changes probably pretty soon. The, the, the second uh, area of bad quarterback, backup quarterback situations, Paige, and I don't understand how so many teams can have so poor, bad number two quarterbacks. Knowing that if their guy goes down, all of a sudden we have no chance to win. E.J. Manuel, maybe, maybe he has good practices during the week, but it looks like the Raiders have no chance to win until uh, uh, Derek Carr comes back. Brissett at Indianapolis, he's been okay. He's had his moments, and he doesn't really know this offense. But he's no Andrew Luck. You know, Marcus Mariota, Matt Castle, doesn't even look close to being able to carry this team. Case Keenum at Minnesota had a couple of nice games. But I've never understood how this league is so smart in evaluations, but they don't have better options for the backup quarterback because, you know, you're one injury away from your guy being out of the lineup. And then my last little rant is... Rookie players, we've already talked about Mitchell Trubisky. It's Deshaun Kaiser from Cleveland. You know, you run the risk when you put rookie quarterbacks in without good supporting cast. Kaiser, they threw into the mix at Cleveland. They benched him yesterday, as you mentioned. But he had no chance. An up-and-down run game. Not enough weapons of wide receiver. He's getting hit a lot. So now, all of a sudden... Do you have a guy that's not playing it very well? He's shell-shocked. They're going to have to rebuild his confidence. And I'm really fearful that that could happen to Trubisky. And, and as you and I talked at the top of the podcast page, it's the old question, do we let a guy sit until we have a better supporting cast to give him a chance for success? Or do we throw him out there and, and live with his mistakes? Because I know it can hurt a guy's confidence if he's thrown into the mix early and he really plays terribly. So I, I think it's just something to look at. Uh, again, like I said, it sounds like a rant, but I don't mean it to be. But I think the, the quarterbacking in the NFL, for all the good there is, there's also some bad. Oh, there's been there's been a lot of good and a lot of really bad. So I, I love the quarterback rant because I could go on and on. And tomorrow morning you might be getting a two-minute rant from Paige. Uh, that'll be up on fanregsports.com depending on whether it goes – either way, really. No matter if it goes good or bad, either way you're going to get some type of rant. So I am uh, – first and foremost, I will be glued to my TV tonight, Gary. I got – Playoff baseball, it's the, my favorite time of the year. October's the best time for sports. You got hockey going on. The NBA will kick back in. We got playoff baseball. We're right in the thick of the NFL season. College football is just uh, my oh my. It's a lot of fun. A lot of fun. And, and you and I live in two unbelievable places. So sorry to everybody else. And, that, you, and you know, Paige, how I live for hockey. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're number one overall favorite. Never seen a hockey game and. 
one of my goals in life is to go to my grave, you know, keeping that record intact. Oh, wow. I think I'm going to have to change that, Gary, if we're going to continue to host <laughs> this podcast. Uh, but, uh, Gary, thank you for joining us. If you ever want to read Gary's stuff, it's always up on fanragsports.com. You can search his name, Gary Horton NFL, on Twitter, and you will get his Twitter handle. You can follow him for more analysis more pieces on fanregsports.com. And for all angry tweets, fantasy football, periscope rants, you can follow me on Twitter at the underscore sports page with an I. But for Gary Horton, I'm Paige Demakos. Bear down.